What it is, what's up? I have some amazing news for all the Faces and Feels listeners out there. That's right. WrestleBrainia is hitting Perth for the first time this fringe season. Three shows only, February 3rd, 4th, and 5th. The Dutch Trading Co., Sound Brewing Co., Seasonal Brewing Co., and the Faces and Feels podcast will be in the house, in the zebra stripes, to help control all of the action, all while downing a couple of frosty beers. There's going to be amazing pro wrestlers, hilarious comedians. It's a comedy show like no other. It's spicks and specs with power slams and suplexes. Get your tickets now because WrestleBrainia is going to be running wild, brother. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and today I am joined by a very special guest. It is the King Shahil. How are you today, sir? I'm very good. I like that. What it is, what's up? (laughs) Yes, that is where I got it from. And I love that you know that because not many people, well, actually, nobody has picked up on that, but it's directly from the vine, yes. Nah, man, I will not. You will not fucking miss me with them ones. Can I swear? Sorry. Oh, absolutely. You can swear. But I love that that you are. So many of the the things that I say in my dialect are directly from Vines and The Simpsons, like to the point where I can't even always even pick them. And then you'll hear something or you'll watch a video and you're like, oh, that's why I say that because it's just ingrained in my person. But I actually love that where you pick that up, that, that you pick that up, man. Nobody does. You made it up. Be like, oh, I might have heard it somewhere, but I definitely was the one to make that popular. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It was definitely from the vine, and I always just thought it was awesome, and uh, I thought it was something different, and I thought, bring it back. Nobody's using it. Hey, I'm done. Yeah, I'm yeah. In. That is it. My man, thanks so much for making time for me today. It is a public holiday. We should be laying around, but instead we're on the phone And we're here to talk about all the goodness we've got coming up in Perth wrestling with Dude, Where's My Ring? But before we do that, let's just rewind all the way back to the start. I want to find out how you got into wrestling. It's crazy to me that anybody in Australia can even find wrestling. So when you think back to when you got started, when you first got into wrestling, what were some of the first faces that stood out to you? In, like, locally only? No, in the world, like what, uh, what, like drug you into wrestling? Like, how did it even catch your attention? You know, usually that comes along with like certain heroes, or like you know, you flick through a magazine or see a match or something. Like, like what was it that that really caught your interest? Uh bro, like, so I like barely got to see wrestling when I was a kid because we was broke and we didn't have Foxtel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had like one auntie and a couple of mates who had it. So when I went to their house. Like, a lot of them used to just save it, so I'd watch it then. And, like, whatever was happening when I watched it, I just thought it was current. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think my sister had, like, a, uh, she, like, hired a VHS from, like, um, Blockbuster or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, just coming home from somewhere, and it was Mankind, uh, Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Awesome. It was, like, one of the first ones. But, like, that was, like, such a scarce memory. It was, like, something that was, was, like, really fleeting, but, like, it just caught my eye. Mm-hmm. And 
after that, it was like watching um, just whatever, like I had some friends that I used to see at, uh, like religious studies on Saturday and they used to burn me DVDs. <laughs> and it was just like rumbles and stuff. And I remember like Jeff Hardy was like my number one. I love wrestling because of this dude. Yeah. Jeff, like everyone's is Jeff Hardy. Like, don't even try and tell me it's not Jeff Hardy because <laughs> if you're around my age bracket, yeah, or even younger than like my age bracket, younger, it's definitely Jeff Hardy. Don't fucking lie about it. You'd be surprised. Um, it may be be an example of the age demographics that I've introduced on here, but there's not hasn't actually been that many Jeff Hardys as the answer. Yeah. Show then, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I've obviously been fucking doing it wrong. I know. I know our, our boy Kid Valiant over East definitely said Jeff Hardy. Yeah. I think he had Ray Mysterio and Jeff Hardy. I think were his main two. Yeah, uh, Ray Mysterio yeah. is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but when I started like actually right, getting 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 into wrestling, mm-hmm. it was um because he was my mate's uh, favorite Triple H, mm-hmm. and Good choice. By association, I found a lot of Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. And Shawn Michaels was probably like the one that I was like, oh, man, this guy's so cool. He's like the coolest person on this planet ever. Mm-hmm. More than Jeff Hardy even, which was... <laughs> oh, big, shit. Big, big thing at the They're time. They're fighting words at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm taking off my arm sleeves and we're throwing down. That's what's happening if you're saying Dude, that. You know what? is a hundred percent for me with hbk that makes him way cooler mm. is if they're throwing down and taking off clothes hbk is ripping off like bondage gear with like tassels and mm. like chains and spikes and shit mm-hmm. like jeff the arm sleeves are sick obviously i tried to make them once like everybody else everybody but like tassels and all that stuff, it's just way cooler brother <laughs> <laughs> How, what's your opinion on cargo pants because they were they're a big jeff hardy staple oh, awesome. yeah awesome like if you're going to wear them, like, I, I, about any gear in wrestling ever, mm-hmm. if you're going to wear it, if you can make it look cool as hell, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, like, Jeff and Matt, like, they made cargo pants the coolest thing ever. They did. I wanted them real bad. What's your opinions oh. on cargo pants in 2023? If you can do it, do it. Yeah. If you can't do it, go for it. But if it doesn't work, just maybe, like, give them to someone else, have a go or something. <laughs> You, I, I saw, I'm, I'm immediately just derailing the show, but we're on a Hardy Boys kick now. I saw a fucking clip recently of them when they were on the independence, right? Like before they got signed and they, it was just an entrance and they were coming out to like Limp Biscuit, and those dudes were jacked at the time. You know what I mean? They were kind of dressed like they are now. Uh, well, uh, they are then, you know, super tight things, arm sleeves, cargo pants. Coming out to Limp Biscuit at some backwards independent looking like the most jacked dudes in the room. And I was like, where were these dudes? You know what I mean? It's no wonder they got signed. Yeah, because they're awesome. Like, if you're awesome, like, cool stuff's going to happen. Mm. <laughs> it just seemed like that would be the case. Yeah. Take away like, everything about any like good like wrestler or entertainer. And it's just like, like wrestling, for example, if it's just like someone in like fucking black trunks or just like plain black gear, black kick, uh, knee pads or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're like a hell good wrestler, they're going to be awesome no matter what. So once you're adding all that other stuff, it's like they didn't need this. They didn't need that. Like Jeff and like Matt, they didn't need that. And like any like good wrestler, in my opinion, they don't need all the um, the, the extras. Like the pageantry but, I mean, and all that stuff. Awesome. Because yeah. like, why wouldn't you have it there? <laughs> exactly right. Because at the end of the day, it's a show, right? Like, there's only a few guys that can sort of get away with 
carrying that, like a um, like you think of Shibata, like from New Japan, he turned not having anything sort of into his gimmick, sort of as yeah. so called and things like that. But uh, at the end of the day, wrestling is like entertainment, and so you add all that extra flair, all those accessories to the action figure, so to speak, and the more fun it is. Yeah, but in the same like like going off that, if Shibata wanted to rock up with like a bowl cut. <laughs> like a straight up bowl car at the next um, match he does, and he wanted to do it hypothetically. I'm not saying he should do this or it'll be awesome automatically, but if he wanted to do it and make it like his thing, and he was like, "Yeah, this is fucking awesome. I'm gonna do this." I'm bowl cut, it'd, man. Yeah, that'd be awesome, you know. <laughs> it would be because he'd still kick seven shades of shit out of anybody he was against, and he would uh, also and- be still overcoming everything he's overcome. And you know what? It'll make me consider getting a bulker. I'd be like, you know what? That might be the new thing, eh? Maybe he's that cool that he carries it in. I mean, there was a time in this world when the mullet was like the most uncool thing ever. And at the moment, it's like maybe one of the coolest haircuts going. Like everybody literally has one. I have one. Like I can see it. And it looks awesome and glorious. For the record, I never thought the mullet wasn't cool. I just knew that I couldn't personally carry one off myself. But, uh, there, but there was a time when it was like a bogan thing that nobody was about, and then it uh, everything comes back around eventually. So maybe the bulk cut's coming. I've always had a defense against the mullet because there's, um, like, growing up, a lot of, like, my strong Asian uncles had, like, what we call the Asian mullet. Mm-hmm. And it's badass, man. Yeah. Like, Jackie Chan had it for a bit. Yeah. Bruce Lee had it. Bruce Lee. Like, and, like, hella Asian uncles have it. And they're usually pretty badass dudes. Like, always the dart in the mouth. Always. Like, yeah. all the dart in the mouth. They were rocking, like, the high-waisted, like, tucked-in shirt. Yeah, I bet they were. Making that cool. Usually just had, like, slides on if they were at home. So, like, I always thought the mullet was kind of cool, but then it had, like, the, um, like, the bogan kind of stigma attached. But, like, the other half of my family was kind of bogan. So and just I like- they were pretty cool as well. So, <laughs> so just all blurred together. <laughs> and like, you know what? I used to be someone that used to believe that I could not rock whatever I felt like rocking. And when I got the mullet, it was kind of just like, you know what? Let's give it a go because I had long hair. Yeah. I just want to do something, but I like having long hair because I want to start wrestling again. Yeah. And, and um, I always felt like I looked cooler wrestling with long hair, but I hated having all my hair long. Because mm-hmm. day-to-day life sucks when it's all long for me. Yeah. Like, I do not maintain this shit at all. Like, people are always coming up to me and like, oh my God, your hair's so nice and stuff. I'm like, I appreciate it so much because it makes me feel beautiful, but I don't try. And <laughs> I feel so bad because I know so many people that put so much effort into like maintaining their hair and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I, I've got, I, I like shampoo and all that. And like, but like, I don't know. Some people have heard my like maintenance of my hair and they're like, that's nasty, bro. Other people are like, oh, okay, Eli, like, if that works for you, that works for you. And yeah. I'm kind of at that at that point in my life. And like, if you hell just want to go get like whatever like, haircut or like wear whatever, just go do it. Yeah, just be it. Because comes to worse, you don't feel cool doing it, and then you just don't do it again. Because if you don't feel cool doing it like straight away before you're actually showing anyone something you're doing, just take it off. Don't like, change it. Yeah, exactly. I once uh, shaved my head thinking that would be a good idea. It wasn't. But guess Bro, what? That hair grew back. It's fine. <laughs> it, yeah, it came back. But 
Like that time period where I didn't have hair, I felt so weak, man. Like <laughs> some people, yeah, if you can rock like no hair. It's all about I, the shape of your head, right? Like you can see now, she'll can see me on the camera, but you can see this where my hair is, right? That's actually where my fucking head ends, bro. Like it's like straight up egg city. All of this shape and things are going on. That's just hair. If that's gone, I'm just this. I'm just a fucking straight egg. Like there's nothing going on under that. There's no interesting shape or like kind of, you know, it, there's nothing. It's just a complete smooth egg dome. I can't do it. <laughs> For everyone who can't see this, I want you to know mad volume happening here. <laughs> there, there is a bit of volume going on at the moment. But, you know, <laughs> when you like do this, really you start to get mad, which is why you end up with mad a mullet. Because it's fucking... Mad volume. <laughs> just get a mullet, bro. Just do it. Yeah, maybe I will. Yeah, or a ball. Maybe, maybe you've convinced me. Um, in the dome next year, brother. Get on it before him. <laughs> I'm just in the bowl. I'm there. And then when he debuts, you hear the music, dun, 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 dun. And then he comes through in the bowl and we're like, we fucking told you. <laughs> I'm calling it now. Yeah. And I'm around a lot of things. Yeah. When it comes to like calling stupid shit in wrestling before it happens. And I hate that I'm good at it. <laughs> I know Shibata likes the bowl because there was a time when after his very unfortunate injury, he came back to a New Japan ring, not to wrestle, but just to announce he was alive. And he'd had a brain injury, and he, you know, he looked hard done by, looked like he'd been through it, and he had a bowl cut then. And so, I mean, that was probably just to do with, a, like, lack of hospital maintenance, I get, but I feel like he liked it. Like, there was a vibe there. Maybe, yeah, it's, maybe it's going to return. Everyone needs to, like, grow in their character. <laughs> We are lost. Let's rewind. So uh, you're into Jeff Hardy and everything, and then where does that go? Like, do you then like it all uh, through high school, or do you get out of wrestling for a while, or what do you do? It was like, I was obsessed with all the showman and stuff, but because I couldn't really, like, get a lot of wrestling, like, early on, I couldn't really deep dive until, like, the early, like, until YouTube was kind of, like, yeah. a thing that was booming, because I was, I'm old enough to be at, like, the pretty early days of YouTube. Yeah know what it was like back then like um and how like you, you couldn't just go like grab like hours and hours and hours and hours of one thing that you wanted it was like yeah. you looked up wrestling and it was like 30 seconds of like someone's fan footage mm-hmm. like sick but like it wasn't cool um until it started picking up and then i'll just like anything that was on there like there was like early tna uh like when wwe started putting like clips and stuff on there anything that i could get i was on there and i was like loading that shit up on my computer, like the family computer, while I was just doing other shit because it took ages to load a video back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, I kind of fell off, like, in high school when, like, you know when it, the wrestling's not cool anymore? Yeah. Yeah, like, I fell off a little bit. Like, I always kind of, like, kept a little plug on it, like, kept my, like, you know, kept my ear to the ground on it, like a lot of people did. And then, like, after high school, like, I started up my band and stuff. I was doing that for a couple of years. Um, and I knew, like, my bassist at the time loved wrestling as well. So we kind of started talking about it a bit more. And I started getting way more and more into it. And he got me way more back into it. And he sort of, like, come around with all these DVDs and stuff and would, like, just go through. And he'd, like, kind of, he, he, like, really, like, um, like, he was, like, a, like a low-key mark. And then he knew a lot of shit. And then, like, he would just fill me in as we were watching stuff yeah, that right. I've never seen, but I kind of knew about because I just read and, like, find what I could on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
more and more like kind of like my mates started everyone like kind of had this like wrestling coming out agenda <laughs> at the time <laughs> where, where finally everybody admitted they actually did like wrestling and had been oh, secret yeah, fans for ages much. and it was sick and then we started like looking around like locally because like we knew that there was local stuff i remember watching some like apw stuff on like access 31 mm-hmm. back in the day like when it was up mm-hmm. um and then yeah we just started going around to some local shows and stuff like that and then, uh, like, started training, looking up schools and all that. Uh, most of, like, the mates that I kind of started with, like, kind of stopped. But for me, it was, like, once I started, once I went to the first, like, open day that I went to um, at NHPW, uh, it was, like, from then on, I was, like, I love doing this for some reason. Yeah. Like, I remember being so sore and stuff, but I took some bumps and stuff that day and, like, just real beginner basic stuff. And I was, like, I love that. Like, whatever that was, I hell loved it, eh? So I just wanted to do it more and more. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wanted to, like, really, like, get into it. Like, really fucking put some time and effort into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was playing basketball at the time. And we're talking, like, D division, like, socials, brother. (laughs) But I was not a fit boy at all. Uh, Well, you've been through a bit of a weight loss journey, right? Because when I first saw you wrestle, it was a while ago, we have a mutual friend, Mark, and uh, I remember we were going to see, I think we were going to like New Horizon were putting on like a wrestling show at Amplifier where it was kind of like wrestling but Disney characters and Marvel yeah. characters and stuff, which is hell fun. And I saw you then. And um, and yeah, you were like a, a bigger dude and, and now you, you have like slimmed right down or whatever. So like when you first started, were you, were you kind of larger and it had slowly been a gradual thing or what happened there? So like, when I started, I was always, like, kind of the impression that, like, I'll get fit, I'll lose a bunch of weight, and then I'll start wrestling on shows. And then after I started, like, um, I got, like, I'm hell thankful that I got shot into wrestling in front of people very quickly. Mm-hmm. But because I was getting, like, reactions and over and stuff like that, like, at a local level, I was, like, really fucking, like, happy about it. And I was like, oh, this is about as good as it probably ever is going to get for me. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm pretty content. I wasn't that content with it at the time, but I was kind of getting more content with it mm-hmm. at the time. Um, so I, I just kind of never really put mad effort into losing weight, mm-hmm. but I was smashing it at the gym and just trying to put on as much muscle as I could. Mm-hmm. So I got like really strong at that period when I was bigger. Mm-hmm. I was way stronger and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like towards like COVID and stuff, I was kind of like having a bit of a fucking... Just a bad time, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, a bad life. Yeah. Having them, uh, went through, like, a breakup and stuff. And then um, COVID happened and all that. And, like, the first time I noticed COVID was when I was on my way home from Sydney doing some bookings over there. And then um, the seat in my row was empty. And I was like, hell yeah, this is sick. <laughs> and after that, I wasn't that sick after that. And then, like, because, like, everything got shut down, we couldn't train. Like, I stopped going to the gym. I stopped eating a lot because I wasn't hungry. Like, I, I couldn't work. So, I have a physical job as well. So, I couldn't work and all that. So, I just wasn't hungry, wasn't eating, wasn't really going to the gym. I started running heaps, though, because I was like, I want to maintain some sort of fitness. And it was when we were only allowed out for, like, a little bit every day. Yeah. So, I just started running. I, like, I was, like, making my little bit of time outside of home for exercise. I drive down um, to Champion Lakes. Gauzy, 
and run around it. And I couldn't even like the first time I went, like I couldn't run like the whole, like that six Ks. I could not run the whole six Ks, but eventually I was like doing like one and a half laps or almost two laps. Like by the end of it, I was wheezing. I'm not saying I had like this amazing like weight loss journey and stuff, but um, like that helped a lot. Cause it was just like my little outlet for the time period. And like, it was working. Um, and I was also, I'd started smoking at the time. So I was like kind of sitting down at the end of it and having a bunch of durries, which wasn't great, but that's what I was eating. <laughs> the cigarette so, and running diet. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I didn't like want to like, um, uh, like romanticize like my weight loss journey. Cause it was like a lot of stuff was happening. And like, in all honesty, the weight loss just kind of happened in the background to everything else that was happening. Yeah, yeah. And the first time I ever noticed it, I was like, it was like another like little lockdown. And I wanted to just like, I was just like, I might've been, you know, like having a good time, those types of good times when you can't do anything else. So you have a good time in your own house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. My housemate was just like partying a little bit, like having little two man parties. It was fun. And I was like, I'm just going to put on my gear and run around the house a little bit in my gear. <laughs> Cause I, like, I quit wrestling. Like yeah. I quit wrestling, um, before like before I lost all the weight, mm-hmm. and then it happened. So like quitting, like stopping wrestling, kind of like made me lose the weight. Like it just kind of happened. So it's something I was like, trying for really hard, mm-hmm. in some aspects of my life prior, mm-hmm. just kind of happened in the background. Yeah, right. So, it was kind of like a little reward from life for like having a shit time, I guess. Yeah. Um, and like lately, like I've been trying to like you know maintain it and like do better and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Little bits and pieces, like getting my getting my way there, you know. Um, exactly. Are you still running? I not as much. Do that shit at training now, brother. <laughs> <laughs> do it in the ring. That, no, that's it, man. Like to me, like training is good when there's like a certain like amount of cardio that kind of like dick like helps with the amount of wrestling you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, because like wrestling ring cardio, you've probably heard it before. Like yeah. wrestling and ring cardio is completely different to. Uh, being able to go for a jog, like I can probably, I can still go for a run now. Like I, I'll be running uh, D Division basketball again on Monday nights. So, um, like I get that at training now, which is what I was trying to find at yeah. that period of my life was that some sort of physical activity because I think that's what I really love about wrestling. In like a way is that it makes me like really want to stay in as best shape or better shape than I've ever been because I've never really been like a healthy, like in shape person. Mm -hmm. So right now I think I'm as good as I looked in my previous time wrestling, but it's way different now. Like I've like changed the way I look at it. And like the reason I stopped, it was like, you know, like that it was really getting to me at the time. And I think even at like a local level, you can really find like a, a lot of that where it really gets to people and their emotional states. Mm-hmm. And I just needed the time away because mm-hmm. I've already dealt with like those exact emotions of music mm-hmm. and like being in a band and stuff like that. So I kind of look at it with a different approach than a lot of like people coming into it. And I'm really grateful for that. Mm-hmm. So this time around, I'm having the time of my life again with like everything I do. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could go back to where I was and say like, brother, it's like, you're just getting hung up on the details that don't really matter. Yeah. You know? Just 
caught up in drama and the and the small stuff and things like that instead of like the bigger, bigger rock picture. Star, man. Everyone loves being a rock star, and like that's <laughs> like everyone like in the industries of entertainment, mm-hmm. everyone loves a bit of drama. Like yeah. it's just how like wrestling is a business built off drama. Yeah, it's gonna see. It's going to seep in. You can't let it out. Like, you can't stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're talking creative people, uh, you know, egos, booking yourself, all these kind of things that people want right. to do, you know. You put two creative people in the room and they're going to have a fight eventually. <laughs> <laughs> How many times I've quit idolized? <laughs> Probably like six. <laughs> like, oh, wait, no. No. <laughs> exactly. Are you, are you still doing the band now? Or are you doing the band now? Oh yeah, brother. We got gigs coming up. Oh great! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I yeah. I hadn't realized. I know the band, but I um I hadn't crossed over and realized that you were in it. I'd I'd heard of Idolize before, but I didn't know you were in that. I am happy to hear that because like it was really like important to me when I started wrestling that I was going to keep wrestling and music separate. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I like, I didn't like really want to have that overlap. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the band being what it is in like a creative space for me to what wrestling is for as a creative space for me yeah because yeah. they're both like so different to me mm-hmm. but nowadays i've kind of gotten a lot of my own shit egotistically with that and i'm like you know what like as a person i want to utilize every skill that i have in everything sure. so like trying to do a little bit more music crossover stuff with wrestling and um like with like it probably won't be as much the other way around, but with like doing like the promos where I'm like singing a silly little song about someone where I've just like done the lyrics and like it's just like a, it's a new outlet for me and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yo, let me stop you right there. I just need to holler at everybody and tell them about NordVPN. This service has been a bit of a game changer for me, man. Not only are they one of the first services, you know, to believe in me and to believe in this podcast, which is pretty amazing. But it's also been great to like pick up my internet access and throw it around the world. I've been able to access all the streaming services. I've been able to check out different shopping sites. It's keeping me safe and sound on the internet and protecting all of my important data. It's been pretty damn awesome. So if you want to give it a chance for yourself, if you want to try it out, if you want to get amongst the glory that is NordVPN, just go to nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan and at one additional month for free. Uh, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels. Now let's get back to the interview. You quit wrestling. Um, you stormed out in a, a rock star style rage had enough. <laughs> You've had time away. Do you, you're saying that, that that time away has given you sort of time to reflect and it's actually put you in a way better headspace now. So um, who are you working with now? Obviously, we've got the Dude, Where's My Ring stuff coming up. Are you doing wrestling anywhere else or are you coming back for specifically for this? Brother, I'm, I'll be out plugging everyone out here. Like, I love um, that there's so many places to work in Perth because... In all honesty, there's so many wrestlers right now Mm -hmm. that there needs to be so many different places. Mm -hmm. So I came back. um, When I came back, I wasn't sure how much more I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I 
hit up um you've had him on the show sharky yeah uh yeah so like, i hit um i hit him up because um we'd spoken like previously when i was with nh about me doing some stuff with uh aw his old company mm-hmm. um but i just didn't and then i was like yeah i'm not sure like how much you want to do and he was like pretty keen to have me in just because i like, he i like the way he like wants to just do some like you know come in for this much and do this much and stuff like that because um yeah, so I did the first match back with him, which was cool. But before I, like, started, uh, did that one, I wanted to start training again. Mm-hmm. And, like, most of my, like, friends were APW. Um, so I went and started training there um, leading up. And I wasn't sure how long and stuff. But I've been training there ever since. Mm-hmm. Done some shows with APW. And uh, also done some shows with uh, SHWA, which is the Southern Hemisphere Wrestling Alliance. There Schwa- we go. See, I'm getting them all together. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And have you, you used to be with New Horizon, yeah? You haven't done anything with them since you've come back? Uh, no, not yet. No. There you go. All right. And so then how did this current uh, current project, uh, Dude, Where's My Ring, come onto your radar? Um, we just like, yeah, uh, Michelle hit me up a little while ago about doing some um doing some shows like this and asked me if i knew any like venues and stuff like that mm-hmm. um because i've like i used to like source i sourced a couple venues like i sourced like the amplifier show for nh mm-hmm. um and did some other stuff like that with them but yeah she hit me up about like ages ago and then hit me up in the group chat mm-hmm. when she like wanted to take it a bit more when she was starting to get serious about it which was awesome mm-hmm. and like in all honesty, I'm like I'm not a deathmatch dude at all. Like it's not my thing. <laughs> like I've 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 gone over the ego of like man that sucks and stuff like that. But I think it's it's own genre. I I look at it in the same way I look at a lot of music that I've seen and watched live that like I've played with. It's like it's just not my thing. But if I'm here in this environment, I'm gonna take it in and watch it for what it is, and like maybe base my opinion of that. So I've watched a bit more and stuff and. When she asked me if I wanted to do a match with her, I was like, hell yeah, like, because I know Michelle's not, like, she's not working, she's not trying to work every week, like, yeah. a lot of and, um, girls in the locker room, you know? Like, yeah. so I knew the opportunities wouldn't come up much, and I've, like, respected Michelle since I kind of started learning about the Perth scene, I've, like, known who she is, and I'm, like, always going to, like, give it up for anyone who's got, like, something... You know, that they can't control that. Like, really is, like, realistically, like, stuff like being black and being a woman in wrestling does hold you back, especially in this country and stuff like that. Like, I don't, like, I can't say from my perspective, but I've definitely had those times in my life where something I can't control about myself has held me back. Yeah. And I got mad respect for Michelle, and I've always, like, she was like a cool personality in wrestling. I was always like, if I ever get the chance to wrestle her, like, hell yeah, I'm gonna fucking wrestle her. That's gonna be sick. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think there's something to be said as well for any opportunity in life, like being willing to walk in without any judgment and just see how it goes. You know what I mean? You could turn around and like have the the best show of your life and like love the vibe. You know that what we're all setting up over there at Badlands. You know, with the bands with the fights, with everything, like that vibe, that kind of punk show, metal show vibe with all this stuff, like 
I've been to those shows before, No Ring shows and, and things like that over East and I've watched the documentaries and things like that and it's it's a lot of fun, you know what I mean? And you might find something there that you never even realised you were looking for, you know? Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen aspects of it that I'm like, oh, this is sick. Like when, it's, like when anything's done right, I think it can entertain any audience. Yeah, you know absolutely. What I mean? like if it's done correctly with like kept in mind that you want to have this as a broad, like a lot of people need to swallow their egos on a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know, or look at it as a, look at it as this is, um, this is exactly what I want to do. I'm going to take this opportunity to do exactly how I want to do it. And I only care about the people that care about it. And it's just like those two different mindsets to me is what separates a lot of um, like sub genres within wrestling, hardcore music. And like, I'm a hardcore guy. Like, I love DIY approach to anything. I think it's fucking awesome. Like, I was so at a stance of not getting a fucking square reader for my band because, like, cash in hand, let's do it, no tax. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why are we trying to pay the tax, man, on this shit that we're not making that much money off, but it's enough to, like, help us out with our next record or whatever? Yeah. You know, we live in 2023 now. Like, I just got to evolved with the times. Well, that's it, just because nobody carries cash anymore, so (laughs) (laughs) you got no choice. Another man's gigs, and they were like, oh, brother, only cash? I was like, oh, man, why are you doing this to me? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're like, guess I'm not buying a shirt. Like, I've I've had that situation with bands before where they're like, only cash, and I'm like, got a website? Like, because I'll need to buy something because I haven't held cash in fucking three years. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, all right, I'll give you, like, it depends what the closest ATM is. Mm. Like, if there's a, if you were sick, if it's before the set, I'm going to watch the set. Yeah. And then if it's close enough ATM where I can go get the cash and come back, you're going to cop it. Yeah. But you need to be in that set. Because, like, I'm sure you've been to, like, more gigs that you can count You've seen more bands that you can count because of like, you know, like let's say four to five bands per gig. You're like, I don't know, 10, 15 gigs a year. That's hella bands. And like sometimes like, you know, like we all artists out here, we broke. Like we try and <laughs> hardest to stay afloat as well as support the things that we love doing. Um, so, and I just got so many t-shirts and shit because yeah. I'm, I like trading shit like with like my mates so eventually like you're kind of friends with everyone in scenes and industries so like you know hey i got these king shahil t-shirts done i like your one john swap one hell yeah and like i I just got t-shirts that takes a lot for me to want to buy a t-shirt yeah so if your sex not like your set isn't sick i'm not buying a t-shirt Exactly, you got to earn it. It's more than, and that's just like you can hear a, a rad record on Spotify or on YouTube or whatever, and then you go see the band, and you're like, mm, they didn't really deliver on that, so you know, I'm not really about yeah. it. But if someone's out here doing it and it sounds awesome, like I know firsthand the power of that money and what it could do. You know, like our band, we we paid for recordings, we paid for flights you know what i mean we paid for rental cars like all just off the back of merch sales and stuff yeah like it's that- real money that's like a real thing we'd be like on tour with and fucking the we we'd open or whatever white chapel whoever play 
we're like at the at the end of the night. We got a backpack with albums and fucking shirts in it, and we're talking to drunk people as they're leaving. Like fucking yeah, you catch oh yeah, I caught you. You're the thing. Blah blah. We got our EP. It's fucking twenty bucks. Oh bro, I've only got fucking ten bucks left. I spent all beer. That'll do, man. Like we were just hustling, like trying to get whatever cash we could to like pay for the next thing. You know. I haven't done a lot of touring, but it's the exact same thing with like selling a little bit of merch. So like, and it feels like it's those little victories as a artist of like, I can pay for something that I want to do as an artist with the money I made from my art. Yeah. That to me is like the, that's like what everyone should strive for. It's the goal. Absolutely. Like Mm -hmm. if you can fucking do that, like you're doing art well. Yeah. You're great. And anyone that wants to support any band or uh, wrestler or entertainer or artist by, like, buying anything directly from them, like, that is the sickest shit to me ever. I think those people are the best. I love it. Like, I reckon, like, making those merch sales out of the back of my boot because someone recognized me as I was, like, um, packing up my, like, band stuff in the back of the car and they're like run over and like oh we didn't um we didn't catch with the merch desk have you got any like this and i was like yeah let's fucking do it right now like yeah yeah and it's like it's so nice do you know who like i'm just gonna like i don't like plugging hella people when i do interviews and stuff but i'm just gonna plug whatever comes to mind i reckon the coolest one i've ever seen like i've ever seen in display of like someone hustling mm-hmm. is i was taking a piss at amps and i can't remember which member but it was I hope, like, they don't think this is a bad thing. They'll probably think it's, like, a sick story. Mm-hmm. But I think it was a singer of Scalp Hunter. Like, yeah. him and took, like, Sick piss. band. Yeah. yeah. So sick. Hey, yeah. so sick. He was taking a piss next to me at urinal. And I was wearing, like, a denim jacket or a vest. And he's, like, he was wearing one. And he's, like, what's up, brother? And I was, like, yo. And he's, like, you like denim? And I'm, like, I'm, like, a little bit of just, like, I'll dress how I feel for the occasion. Sometimes I'll be, like, straight up, like, posing out. I'm, I'm like you know, I'm just doing it for the fit <laughs> so funny Power Man 5000 were on the other day at Rosebat we were talking about going and Amy's like I don't know how I could even go because I don't own an industrial pair of goggles and I'm like this is true this is true we, we may not be able to go we didn't because it meant leaving our couch and we weren't up for it but like <laughs> but you would need that you know yeah and then alright so he's like brother you like denim I'm like yeah man and he's like I got denim at the merch desk and like kind of turned over <laughs> and I could see it was like their like patch on the back of his the one that he was wearing. Shit. And I was like, Man, if I didn't already own this one and like only wanted one, I'd go buy that one. Yeah, right, right. Well, he was just selling whole ass denim vests, like or yeah. or just badges for it. Nah, the vest. That, that's <laughs> sick. That's sick. If I'm getting that wrong, like I used to drink a lot more than I do now. <laughs> <laughs> Could be a completely different band. If not, no, Scalper yeah. Hunter can take the take the glory. So, sick band. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely sick band. Um, I who was it? I think it was Robbie Eagles was fucking doing it right too. We went to like a New Japan like meet and greet kind of signing before a show, and it was all the wrestlers on like the Australian tour like around in a big circle, and it's kind of like you know young lion type dudes and then the the guys and stuff. And then in the middle, there's the Australian wrestlers that are on the show. You know, your um, your Team DK guys. I think Jonah was there. You know, uh, Eagles is in the middle, and they're all just there and they're kind of talking shit and having a laugh or whatever. Robbie's sitting in the middle and he's got an iPad, and it's kind of set up. 
and it's got like a, a graphic on it. It's like Robbie Eagle, Sniper of the Skies, and it's like a moving fucking video or something. He's got everything. He's got his square reader. Like I was like, this dude's a fucking pro. Like he's here to sell merch and to be ready and greet everybody and just kill it, you know? Yeah, and like he's like a like metalcore dude as well. Yeah, like, he is, yeah. You know, gig kind of like it's like gig writing shit, like just doing that type of stuff, like just off your own back. Like I think the separation with wrestling and music on that type of stuff is that I think wrestlers have a little bit of an ego about like, oh, I'm I'm a heel tonight, like I don't want the fans to see me, blah blah blah. It's like fucking like everyone's clued in these days, like mm-hmm. especially the local show, half the people there you know, like directly. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, <laughs> exactly. Just stand behind your merch. And like, you know what? Like, I reckon, like, I don't do it personally, but I've only got like one piece of merch. <laughs> and like, to be honest, most of like t shirts and stuff I'm selling nowadays is like just like to friends when I get there, which is like cool. But I don't know. I'm just like, I'm not really like pushing it a whole lot right now. But um, a lot of people, sorry, I get, I get sidetracked a lot. Eh? No, no, this is fun. This is interesting. I haven't really talked merch on the podcast before, so I'm enjoying it. Oh, bro, I'm like, I live for like that side of um, entertainment and like being in the arts is because it's like, it's, it's the way to keep yourself afloat doing what you love. Like, yeah. I'm like very thankful that like, like my band's kind of at a place now where like we, we barely, ha- we rarely have to put in a shit ton of money anymore you know like Mm -hmm. we used to like every time we used to want to do something because we were like very meticulous about the way we wanted to do things we'd like wanted to put more money in than like just doing it super diy like we're doing a bougie diy brother (laughs) (laughs) like me and um one of my guitarists we met in tafe doing like audio production Mm -hmm. so we always like he went way further with it, and James is way better at it than me, and like always will be because like I only really did it so I could go demo my own shit. He did it because he actually enjoys doing that stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Um, I can fumble my way through Pro Tools, but he's like, he uses shortcuts, brother. Yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> he's got the um, keyboard set up. He's still nothing. Yeah, 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 and he's gonna be doing a lot more like production stuff, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I want to like hear what he has going on with that i'll probably like he'll do a bunch of shit for me for free because i'll plead for it but um because i got like projects that i want to do all the time mm-hmm. but um yeah like with like the merchandise section of like music like that was like the part that like i realized kind of earlier on that, like oh this is where it's gonna actually be sustainable to do this mm-hmm. so i've always been a bit more like conscious about it and like it is nice like a lot of guys getting into wrestling it's not something that they are conscious about mm-hmm. so you know if they ask me um for like like plugs and shit then i hit them up and it's cool and like i like trying to fill in people because like people did it for me in my band you know like other bands hit us up with like advice for like go get your shit done here like um go through these people like these guys will sort you out you need something last minute hit up these guys like you get that in music with like every aspect of like trying to push your um your art whereas i find in wrestling i'm not like trying to talk shit about everyone but a lot of people a lot more people are a lot more concerned about the wrestling and uh make sure that your fucking wrist log is fucking snug brother like (laughs) stuff is like where wrestling kind of differs in advice to like with music because you've got straight 
I'm trainers and stuff in wrestling, whereas in music, it's like, you can play some fucking instruments and send an email. You can be in a band, eh? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that that's how we started doing a band. Like, I went and saw a local show and I didn't even play bass, but we were like, if we practice, we could probably do this, right? Like, yeah. and the rest is just hustling, you know, like, and and building it up and you can you can build up a revenue stream from it to help support it if you're like smart with your money and like you say having the band guys chip in or whatever it's a little bit harder like as an independent wrestler or even as a podcaster for example like i've got a merch sign and stuff and stuff i want to do but at the end of the day i'm a grown man with a mortgage and like real life responsibilities and shit like that so i try to not use you know my wife and my money to do shit like that you know what i mean yeah. I'm, I'm sort of letting it kind of build up to a point where then it can be sort of self-sufficient, you know, as that, it goes, you know, that, that and that's that's the way you want to do it because you can only throw in so much of your own for so long as well, you know. Oh, yeah, that's it. Like, I think if, like, Idolize hadn't been able to kind of figure it out a lot earlier, we wouldn't have lasted as long. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we've been fucking playing for, like, fucking forever now. That It's like... We've never really, like blown out and done a whole lot of shit outside of Perth and local. Mm-hmm. But we've been able to like just keep doing it because we all like love doing it. We love eat like we love hanging around each other. Like yeah. after like this long it's like I think with everything. I say I find it with wrestling and like any artistic creative outlet. You go through phases of like you're first getting into it. Everything's exciting, everything's new, everything's fun. I love doing this and I want to do it as much as I can. And I'm grateful for every opportunity. And you're kind of doing it a bit more. And then you get to the point where you're grinding and you're doing it fucking like True. every day as much as you possibly can. And people start to notice you. So they're throwing opportunities at your left, right, center. And like, I did that a lot with music and like with wrestling. Like I, I did like a lot of stuff. Like we were just wrestling like um, a lot. Like we're doing an H we're doing like our main shows. And I was like, we're doing like, carnivals and like festivals and just like little spot shows and stuff which like i don't know i i talk shit on them sometimes um and then other times i'm actually doing it i'm like no this is actually the funnest shit ever yeah honey junk and like i it's fun when you're with a good crew and i always had a good crew with me then mm-hmm. of like people that we liked being around each other yeah. it was like the same as with the band it's like you like being around each other and you like spending that much time together so you start getting good at it and then you start doing it more and more and more and then the drama starts happening and all that fucking <laughs> little things start coming up. It's like having, like with a band, it's like having like, it's being in a relationship with like, for me, like, per, like idolize, it's like four other dudes. Yeah. And it's not, I don't want to date any of them. But <laughs> I'm some fucking gnarly conversations with them sometimes and like vice versa. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the same when you're hanging around with like similar crews of wrestlers. And I think that's what people do. They find their niche. They find their little click, and it's kind of like their band. It's like they're people in the wrestling community sure. that, like, it's a subgenre of itself, and then this is my subgenre of the people that get it in the exact same way that I do. Mm-hmm. And then, like, all that happens, and then it gets to the point where, like, it makes you, like, start questioning whether you want to do that shit or not, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've been there. I know, like, a lot of, of my friends have been there. And then maybe you quit, maybe you take a break, blah, blah, blah. You deal with it how you deal with it. And then I find a lot of people, the ones that last, are the ones that get out on the other side of that and they're like, that stuff happens and it's always going to happen. Just like in a like uh, relationship, like things happen. If it's truly something you want to do, you're going to move on and move forward. Yeah. And the people that last are the ones that kind of see that as it is. Mm-hmm. 
um, and then the ones that are just kind of there because they they think they want to be a rock star, yeah. but not ready to be a rock star yet. Yeah, you not know? ready to put in that grind. And I mean, there's, there's something to be said as well. Like, I mean, you yourself, you walked away from it and you took a break for a time and then you know it's sort of true love, so to, so to speak, with something like wrestling when you're like, you know what, I miss it and I'm going to find my way back to it, you know, and yeah. that, that's part of it. So, so tell the people at home, like, if anybody's going to come down to the show, uh, if anybody's going to check it out on YouTube once we drop it up there, what can they expect from King Shahil? Um, In all honesty, at this point, like when I took that time off, mm-hmm. I realized the number one thing that I was not good at doing with wrestling was acting. I'm a shit actor. <laughs> and like, it takes a lot of things. So like these days, what I do is I, I try to live in the moment of the match you know like see what's happening around me kind of and just make the most of it at the time and like to be honest the type of wrestling i love is the one where people just like straight up smack each other and hit each other hard so i'm a i'm a throw down we're gonna hit it hard um i'm always ready to give a very showmanistic show Mm -hmm. and really like i look at the night as like the same way I look at gigs now because I played a million gigs and I used to get so hung up on every single one leading up to it. I look at it as like that night is going to be like, it's going to be for the people who are there primarily. Mm -hmm. If people see it afterwards, Mm -hmm. that is awesome. And I'm stoked for that. But it's for the people who are out there. Like, cause I hate going out too, Mm -hmm. but if I want to go see something that I enjoy and want to support, I go out and do it. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be for the people that are there and I'm going to go hard and I'm really going to like explore deathmatch wrestling with Michelle is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, I want to like try some different shit. You, I, I want to see some blood. I've always wanted to bleed in a match. I've always want to make someone bleed in like a way that's not going to put me behind bars, you know? It's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so creepily, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Like you're, you're, it's not something that you've done before. You've been basically brought this concept and you're you're willing to take it on in you know, give your all to it and see where it goes and see if it see if it can love you back, basically. Yeah, I, I mean I've done some I've done some hardcore stuff. I've done like a fair bit of hardcore stuff. Mm-hmm. My first match back after two years was like a twenty five to eighty six minute um hardcore match with the Philippine dream Julio. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was like my first one back. She didn't really go that long. I went for like eighteen minutes. Yeah. I was like twenty five to eighty six is quite the time discrepancy between the two. Well that, my initial idea was like my first match back maybe like eight to ten minutes in a wrestling match. Yeah. <laughs> that was what I was thinking initially, but yeah. You know, things get like persuade the, the way they do and i got I, you know at the time i was like hell yeah let's do it let's i'm gonna do it and like we did some gnarly stuff in that i've had jared slate who's also on the show i've mm-hmm. had two matches with weapons involved maybe three with him mm-hmm. i had one all of them happened at nhpw mm-hmm. uh one of them was a um like just like a fool's count anywhere no holds barred kind of deal ski mm-hmm. Um, the finish, he piled driving me onto a bunch of thumbtacks on top of a chair. But, like, the gnarly thing about that guy is is that, like, there was already thumbtacks on the floor, yeah? Mm-hmm. So, like, could have just gone to that area, like the thumbtack area. It was like a <laughs> playground of shit 
by yeah. the end of the match in the ring. There was like the playground stuff here, pile of chairs over there, table, but I think the table would have been broken over there, another chair set up over here. And I was like, all right, we could just go over there. But like, rather than that, that guy decided to pick up like two handfuls of the motherfuckers, <laughs> like, sprinkle them on top of a chair and do it there. And I was like, bro. See, that's the showmanship right there. <laughs> I, I, was like, I respect that. Like, I think, like Funtax is like stupid. Like he wanted to do it. I didn't want to do it. But when it was happening and yeah. like I took some bumps on it because it was there. Uh-huh. You know, like I'm the type of person where like if I get offered something, um, or like if someone's like, Oh, you want to try this thing that sounds a little bit fun? Yeah. Right now. Yeah. But like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just take it on it and see what happens. And that's what's gonna happen at Badlands at Dude Where's My Ring. So yeah. we're going to see, man, because shit's going to be flying around. So I'm looking forward to seeing you in your element and seeing what happens. Yeah, and I'm also probably going to like wear a hot fit because this is all about the royalty of Perth match. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, to be honest, if like Michelle thinks she's the fucking queen and diva in this city, then like she's wrong because it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Hey, tell the people where to find you on social media so they can start to become familiar. All right, if you want me on the gram, which is probably the best place to contact me, it's just at King Shahil. That'll lead you to my Facebook, which I don't know what that one's URL is, but like Facebook is dying a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if you want to see, like, probably my best work is done on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's Shahil the, Queen, uh, Shahil the King. Uh-huh. Okay? okay? Because King Shahil 2 was, a, that's what it was before. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> That's better. Shahil the King is better. Yeah, and that's my Twitter one. I got yeah. different ones just to confuse you. There you go. No, that's, a, that's it. You've got to keep people on their toes. We're not here to spoon feed them. Uh, is there anywhere they can buy merch online as well? Uh, I don't have anything online right now, but I'm going to chuck it up on my on the Idolize uh, band merch, Bandcamp merch place eventually, which mm-hmm. you can find on our Instagram, at um, IdolizeAU. That's it. And that's I-D-L-E-E-Y-E-S. Yes. A-U. Exactly. For those of you who have not seen the band before. And also check out Idolize, a fucking dope band. Man, I want to thank you so much for giving up your time today. It was super fun to get to know you and to give people a peek into the world of King Shahil before uh, it may come crashing down on February 19th. Uh, who knows? Who knows what I could do? This could be my last one. Yeah. I mean, or you might be, you know... Might be the new reigning ruler of Perth. Might I be, might be the deathmatch guy after this, straight up. You might be like, this is what I've been looking for. I've straight up, I've done a lot of interviews with deathmatch wrestlers. A yeah, lot. Uh, yeah, heaps. And uh, because, not because I set out to do that, it just was the way it sort of snowballed. You know, one friend knows another friend, meets another friend, and they're all such cool people, and it's such an amazing community that I just kind of got swept up in it, and it kind of became like, I'm like the deathmatch guy, I guess. But like... Yeah. Uh, there's been a few where they have told me they're like, I wasn't intending to do it. There was a show. I did it. And then like afterwards I was like, that's the fucking coolest thing I've ever done. I think it was Alex Ocean said to me, did that one and came backstage and indie legend Effie was backstage and looked at Effie and Effie goes, it did it, didn't he? And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, you're addicted to it now, aren't you? And he goes, yeah. It's ruined normal wrestling. He goes, yep, it has. <laughs> so, it happens. Well, I'm gonna. You know what I'm going to do, and I think everyone else should do? I'm going to deep dive on all these Deathmatch Wrestler podcasts from you uh-huh. so that I can get their freaking heads and then 
Michelle's got nothing on me because I'm going to be all up inside that business. But I mean, I'm excited to like explore it and see what it's like, see where it takes me. Absolutely. Well, we'll finish this up. I'll throw you some recommendations and we'll get that going. Also, I ap- appreciate you plugging me on my own show. That is, that's a professional broadcaster right there and I fucking appreciate it. So, dude, thank you so much for your time. Everybody, make sure you check out everything King Shahil. Make sure you check out everything Dude Where's My Ring. You got a final sign off for me? I want to do one more plug. It's to my boy TB. Julian Ward's a coward. (laughs) And there we go. You heard it here first. Julian Ward is a coward. And until we hear from him, remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thanks for spending your time listening to the Faces and Feels podcast. Faces and Feels is a DIY project recorded and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast, or just head straight to our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E slash FacesFeelsCast to find all the info you'll ever need about the show. You can stream the episodes, be directed to your favorite podcast providers, find links to all our social media platforms and sponsors, and you can even buy me a coffee. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or interview requests, you can send us an email to facesandfeels at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and Spotify. A banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Deathmatchworldwide.com the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a Deathmatch Wrestling promotion, manager, or platform and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the final view.